Yes, we're back. It is episode 76 of the Hibs Ramble. It's Liam here, your host tonight, and I'm joined by the very intelligent uh, and the very dapper-looking Mr. Sean Corrigan. Sean, how the hell are you? All the better for an intro like that, mate. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Uh, listen, I've not seen you in a wee while, so I felt like I had to give you a proper a proper intro. Suck up suck up a little bit, eh? So, so you'll next week. <laughs> um... How, how have you been? How was your weekend? Uh, it was good, mate. It was good. I feel like since the including the winter break and over the festive period and that, I feel like I've just kind of not really paid much attention to football in general. Mm. So um, thank God as well, considering how suddenly been doing <laughs> the greatest. So uh, probably probably better off without it, but can't stay away and I'm back. Yeah, true. I mean, I've. I feel like that's the same. Like there's been so much football on, and I've not, I've just not really watched an awful lot of it. But I think it's just kind of reflective of where we are as Hibs fans at the moment. I'm not really too arsed about about football. But um, no, so uh, a trip to Rugby Park at the weekend. It finished two-two. A very familiar scoreline that we've had under uh, Nick Montgomery's reign, uh, and another two-two at Rugby Park. So. I mean, on the face of it, I I probably would have taken a point um, at the weekend. Kelly are flying. Uh, you know, they're, at one point on Saturday, there were nine points ahead of us. So they're, you can file them under no mugs. But going into the game, Sean, what was your expectation? For me, where we're at at the moment, especially off the back of the forfeit performance, um, which I didn't, really, I wasn't really surprised by that level of performance. What I was surprised of is the level of performance or, or lack of performance against Rangers. I just kind of went into the Killy game weirdly similar to how I would go into Derby games. Not because I don't, I, I wasn't anticipating the game as much as a Derby or anything like that, but just like <laughs> prior prior to it, I was like, oh, you know, terrible, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 whatever. Kind of maybe just reading into it a little bit too much and come like like a lot of people on online have been doing at the moment. But then the closer it got to kickoff, I was like, nah, fuck this. We're class. We're gonna <laughs> win. Like hundred percent. Look at that team. Look at the players that we've bought. Like we're now trying to buy players that are fitting the system, and we're trying to we're, we're improving the squad with the players that we're that we're bringing in. And I was like, nah, do you know what? We're gonna win it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, obviously it didn't transpire to be that way, but um. I just I, I'm now in I'm I'm now in the realms of like we must win and like we must win every single game now because I was speaking to someone not too long ago and we've spoke about it on the pod about Hibs having this God given right that we should be finishing third but only done it like I don't know like twice in forty years or some nonsense like yeah, that right I don't know I don't don't know the exact so I like them anyway for sure um I'm just. Yeah, I'm I'm now just at the point where I I want us to win games. I don't care how we do it, but we need points on the board. And the teams that are in and around us either have a couple of games in hand 
or are already quite far in front of us. Exactly. And the, and the running games we've got coming up aren't the prettiest either. So that's where I'm at, really. Well, I mean, Craig and I spoke about this at length on last week's pod about you know how we're kind of slipping away and you know we find ourselves in in six now, which is you know it's a positive step, it's a baby step, but it's a positive one. But you know when you, when you look at I've brought up the table here. I mean, we've played we've played more games, uh, sorry, less games than St. Mern, Kilmarnock and Hearts, who are above us. We have significantly less points. Dundee and Aberdeen are the two teams that are below us, who are uh, one and two points, sorry, one and three points behind us, respectively. And they've got two games in hand. So... I mean, with the way that Dundee are playing at the moment, you can expect them probably to win one of their two. Uh, and Aberdeen, you know, are, are usually half decent form for uh, for getting a win here and there. So, I mean, by the time that though that they've caught up, we could be looking at sitting in ninth. You know, it's it's <laughs> it doesn't make for good reading. It really doesn't. And you know, I said it earlier on about it being a a tough, tough game uh, against Kilmarnock, at Kilmarnock. They are doing really, really well. But with all due respect, Sean, there should be no fathomable universe in which Kilmarnock Football Club are nine points ahead of Hibs. No, complete, completely agree. Um, <clears throat> listen, Derek McInnes has got them playing well. Um, Rugby Park this season, like most seasons when Kelly are strong, it's it's... Their, it's their home form that, that keeps them up um, and I say keep them up because traditionally they're in, in and around the bottom six but they're punching above their weight but they're probably doing that because us and, or they are doing that because us and Aberdeen are nowhere near good enough this season obviously Aberdeen can have the, or lean on the excuses of Europe but arguably Aberdeen's European gate performances have been better than their league ones against tougher opposition Kelly are the third, third best team at in home, uh, with home form, sorry, in the league, but they're eighth away from home form-wise. So it just goes to show. I, I'm I'm not going to bring the pitch into it because training on it every day of the week or whatever, it's it's a poor excuse. We, on paper, are a bigger club. On paper, have better players and have a bigger budget. And you know, theoretically, that should, if everything is run properly and done properly, mean that it should be a Hibs win, but unfortunately, like many times that we go to Rugby Park, it turns out not to be that case. I think it kind of shows you the the difference in mentality a little bit, you know, when it comes to, you know, us looking at that game, you know, there's probably not going to be any Kilmarnock fans listening, but, you know, if you're a Kilmarnock fan listening to that, you're pulling your hair out, you're thinking, well, we've earned, we've earned fourth at the moment, we are where we deserve to be on the basis of how we've played the season and quite rightly so. But I mean, the mentality thing when you, when it comes to, I mean, we're taught, you spoke about the, the signings that we've made this January and we've been flip-flopping between we are going to win the World Cup and we're going to go down. Get us back in the championship. Yeah, this is it. I mean... I just don't. I don't know where the problem lies. I mean, Craig and I spoke about it at length. We don't really know where the problem where the problems lie in. 
Uh, I don't want to dwell on that too much because if you want to listen to that, then then jump back to last week's episode and and listen to the the kind of rant and you know, experimental awakening that we that we had last week, uh, me and Craig. But you know, I want to talk about this game and for the first twenty minutes or so, Sean, it looked really really positive. We were being aggressive. We were trying to cut them open a little bit. Something that we've struggled to do to a lot of teams this season, especially away from home, you know, against the teams who are usually fairly compact. You know, you think your Livingston's, your your Kelly's, your Dundee's. Um but I feel like we had a little bit of joy. Nowhere near clinical enough in the front in the front third. You know, considering you've got, you know, an eight hundred grand striker in Venti, you know, a, a wonder kid and Oh no, uh, Mizani wasn't starting, was he? I mean, and Eli Yuan and and Jair Tavares. I mean, they're they're not exactly allergic to goals. So I don't know what you think, but what happens now? Like <laughs> we've we've tried to sort that area of the park, and it's not really working. Is it though? Is it not really working? I think at the moment. I mean, I touched on it earlier about the. The whole uh, Hibs Twitter at the moment, um, and I'm not going to lie, it's really funny on match days to read through the tweets. Um, it's really really funny, like how people fl- like completely flip and change within 10, 15 minutes. And listen, that's football. Hib- or fans in general will react to the performance or the scoreline that's in front of them, but traditionally they, they'll they'll stick to what the scoreline is rather than what the performance is actually telling you. Yeah. You were right in what you were saying. First 20 minutes, really, really strong. Um, what I was very impressed with the in the first 20 minutes, and funnily enough, I was like, I was doing some prepping and stuff for this over the weekend and just bits and bobs, stuff that I picked up for the highlights. And then pretty much everything that I'd wrote in to do with the first 20 minutes, the, the Hibs analysis page, the 1921 had ended up tagging us in literally yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And all the stuff that was in my notes pretty much matched up with what was in there. Like for me, and I said it, I said it to plenty of people at the time when um, Emmy signed, Emiliano, whatever you want to call him. You made um, The greatest player of all time. When we, <laughs> when we signed, when we signed them and you're looking at that highlight reel and stuff like that, you think, so a brilliant player. Obviously, due to the links or the unofficial links with Bournemouth, that's how we managed to secure it. We're not paying a penny for it. But you could see, even against Rangers when he came on, that he's an absolute level above everyone else. And you could see it on, on Saturday. And I think, to get back to the actual the, the point or what you were alluding to, I think now that we're starting to improve certain areas of the pitch, listen, we can't bring in 11 improvements and 11 brand new players. We saw it when Adam LaFondra started at the beginning of the season we could see he was a level above and he was making other players click and bringing them onto his wavelength and we, had, we saw players like Joe Neal giving us standout performances that we hadn't seen in a very very long time, we saw Venti in the right areas, we saw Boyle doing the right things as well um, all because of like what Adam was doing when he was like, when he was playing and he was linking up, I feel like we're going to have an even greater impact um, with Emmy as well yeah. Because I feel like, especially watching the, the game at the sat uh, the game on Saturday there, there was three instances. 
one one or two five six minutes in, and then there was another one just before they scored where everyone keeps going on about four four two this and four four two that. But I think we it's fluid. Whether whether we had whether we had a choice in signing him or not, it's a different conversation, right? But we've got him. He for me will be that missing link that will be able to link that four four two into a four three three or a four two three one. I saw it plenty of times at the weekend before the first goal, and I saw it plenty of times when we got one back and then when we got the second one back. He was dropping deep, which was allowing Joe Newell to drop even further, create a three in the midfield. Joe Newell or Levitt was picking it up on the edge of the box. And there was two or three instances where it was Levitt and Newell that were arguably making the wrong the wrong pass. So like Joe Newell was going long or Levitt was going long and flicking it on. There was an instance where Dylan Venti got a shot for the edge of the, edge of the box. And that was just after Emmy's Emmy's dropped into a hole. Joe Neal's picked at the edge of the box. Now what Joe Neal should have done instead of punting it long is as Emmy's dropped into the hole, he should have played it into him and then we could have broke like a minute or two later. Yeah. Levitt has a similar instance and it gets fired and, and instead of going long, which is what I think obviously Monty wasn't wanting us to do, Levitt's went to play short and Amy, he's dummied it and it's went into Venice, it's created a good chance. And then the third good opportunity that we had, or third potential break that we had, again comes from Monty's philosophy, if you want to class it as that, where David Marshall's trying to build out for the back and we're playing it not side to side at the back, but then our midfielders are dropping in and at this time Amy comes into the edge of the box, picks up the ball, pops it a bat, pops it back, it goes out wide and we play a couple of good one-twos and then, like we've seen quite a lot under Nick Montgomery, our wide players are in the middle of the park and then I think that's where Jared Tavares gets fouled and the other boy picks up the yellow card. If he doesn't foul him, we're attacking Kelly with a 5v3 and again that's coming from Amy dropping deep, being able to read the game and being able to get us up the park. So his game intelligence is far superior to others. And I feel like the more time that these players spend with players like him on the training field and on the pitch, will start to look like more of a threat going forward. And we are going to be you, proper, proper. Ah, you've got, you've got to remember, we've still got like Martin Boyle to come back as well. I feel like we do have real, real quality in the attacking third. We've obviously now brought in a couple of boys into midfield as well. You know, uh, Amos being one of them. Yeah, centre half. Aye. So, listen, we can't make miracles in one window, but we're going a long way to it. And I think we're addressing yeah. the real issues. Unfortunately, we're at the stage where we have the second or third worst defence in the league. So we need to obviously improve that. But listen, I would rather win 5-4 every game between now and the end of the season than win 1-0. So if we've got the attacking threat and we've seen at the weekend, we can do the transitions well against similar or weaker opposition. It's just when we come up against stronger opposition that we naturally are going to struggle. Exactly. And I mean, words taken from the late, great Lee Johnson. I mean, God rest his soul. Uh, <laughs> about winning 5-4 instead of 1-0. But no, I mean, I've got it down here about Mark Ondes. I mean, he is head and shoulders really above the rest. He is uh, he's a standout in, at this level. I mean, and hopefully he, he only gets better with fitness and we're able to keep him fit and, and see a lot of good from him. But um seems like one of these where it's like, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy him while he's here. And then he'll go back to Bournemouth for next season. But um, no, I mean, like you said, I think we've done we've done really well with the the players that we've brought in. 
this window were also linked with Bevan from uh, Bournemouth as well, the centre half, who was out on loan. I think it was at Chesterfield at the at the, the first half of the season. Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think was it not that, New, was it was it not Newport or something? I was it was one of those teams, kind of in the you know League One, League Two in England. So, um, you know, uh, at least it's an addition to to the defence. Is it's exactly what we need. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got down here. You know, are, are we being blinded by results and part, you know, part of the performances in the game, or are we seeing real positives here of Mick Montgomery style? I think it's a bit of both, to be fair, mate. And I think the lows or the low level of performance that we're getting in games is so low, and that's kind of seeing the, it's the making huge the fan good reaction as good. Um, and I think I think that's the concerning bit. I think, just to touch on the point that I was just making about making the right decisions and Levitt and Neil maybe not being on the same level at the moment and hopefully getting closer to that the more that we play, you saw obviously a real change in performance and level of application when we went one and 2-0 and down because instead of trying to find those pockets of space that Amy was dropping into in the middle of the park and picking him up, we mm-hmm. continue to go long and long and long. And listen, one of our goals comes from going long. And it does happen. It happened, you know, against Aberdeen, the one that the Martin Boyle one that got chopped off. And it has happened yeah. throughout the season where we can bring players into false sense of security by dropping like by dropping deep and then popping it long. Sometimes it well, works, it, but doesn't it doesn't work every single time and that's No, exactly. And that's the point. So we I, I we need to try and find that balance about knowing when to go long and when to go short. And I don't think the other players in that midfield at the moment just understand the, the differences to when we need that and when we don't, because we can go long, so we've got the pace for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's we're very, very top-heavy. I mean, me and Craig were saying uh, last week that you look outside of the old firm, attacking-wise, we probably have the strongest the strongest options in the division. Um, you know, you could maybe argue for, <clears throat> for Hearts, but, you know, they're... I don't think you can, to be fair. I don't think you can argue if you take Shankland out of Hearts and you take Majowski out of Aberdeen. They don't. I mean, Duke had a fantastic season last season, but he's been nowhere to be seen. And you take Shankland out of that Hearts team and you see how much they struggled against Spartans. If you take yeah. a Martin Boyle out of our side, you've still got all the other attacking threat that you've got. If you take exactly. Benny out, you've still got all the other attacking threat. I so I completely like, agree. We're we're really really strong on the on the wings on the outside. But it's central where we're kind of lacking a little bit. I mean, yeah, we bought Venti for for however much. You know, you can say 700, 800 grand, whatever. But he's when he's not doing it, who comes in? Christian Deutsch, who's kind of, you know, he's... I'll, listen, I love Deutsch with all my heart. I think he's he's been a magnificent servant to the club, but... Is he good enough for us at this moment in time with this level of player that we're bringing in? Probably not. Um, Did know, you so not see a, a different performance for Venti at the weekend, though? Because Marcondes was dropping deep. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully Marcondes brings the best out of Dylan Venti. Because we know that Dylan Venti can't do it when he's been pulled all the way back to left back and having to do the dirty work in midfield. Because that's that's not his game. He's, he's a he's a 18-yard box striker. Correct. That's where he's got all his goals from uh, for Hibs. So, 
And I think the additions that we've brought in will definitely work in Venti's favour, 100%. We just need a wee bit of fluidity between them. I think we should set up a GoFundMe for for Bill Foley to bring back Mark Condes for next season. (laughs) There's one person that doesn't need a GoFundMe, it's him. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's completely... I mean, we don't know. We don't know if it's happening yet. But, uh, you know, hopefully... If you're listening to this, Bill, please um, let Emmy Marcondes come back for next season because he's fantastic. But on to something a little bit less fantastic, Sean. First goal goes in and we absolutely crumble. And we've seen it so many times this season uh, that when we go a goal down, the heads go down and we just forget how to play football. And it's we've, embarrassing. Yeah, we've literally just said that Dylan Venti is fantastic in the penalty box, and he was. It's a yeah, fact. Wonderful. So finish. it would just be great if we could have him in the right end of the box, because yeah, it yeah. just shows you how good his finishing is. A wonderful finish. I think there was a wee bit, uh, there was a wee bit of a shout for a foul on Dylan Venti, but I think if you give fouls like that, then you're not going to have goals scored from corners or free kicks that are whipped into the box. For me, I didn't really see an awful lot wrong with it. Um, you know, it's it is a, a wonderful finish from from Dylan Venti, but it's our reaction to that that disappointed me the most. Poor goal to give away, sure. Uh, we know that Kilmarnock's strengths are, are, in, are in our set pieces, and you know, if you want to stop Kelly scoring, then you've got to defend really, really well at their set pieces, which we didn't uh, over the course of the game and. But it was a reaction. You think that home one all down is going to give them a, a wee bit of kick up the arse, but it didn't. And we just seemed to let them into the game. They looked really, really good after they scored, to be honest, until half time. We just didn't look, really look like we were in it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you're, you're right, the level of performance, which we kind of already touched on as well, did completely drop off. It was a huge drop off. And we've seen that in recent weeks when we went 1 0 down. Um, but again, to harp on about who we've already spoken about for the vast majority of the last 15-20 minutes or whatever, Marcondes was the only one that looked interested in getting us back in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, again, defensively weak, which which was a shame. I already touched on it. We started to go long more often rather than mix it up a little bit. But what I did notice is that instead of one of Levitt and Newell dropping in between the centre halves and trying to pick out passes, both of them were making the same runs deep to come yeah. and get the ball. Condes was kind of just left on his own. and That's been the, the case for the last few weeks. I mean, when, when was the last time we won in the league? I can't even remember. Um, when was it, Sean? Remind me. The last time we won or in, in the, the league? It was uh, Livy away. Aye, so I mean... Since then, I just feel like Levitt and Newell in particular have been trying too hard. They're they're too. I mean, they're good players. Don't get me wrong, and they're good players for this level. But they're trying far too much, and they're trying to do far too much. It's then, you know, it's, it's taking something away from them. Yeah. Hopefully, the two, the two of them are trying to do the roles of of three players. This is exactly in, what I in recent weeks they've not been able to do, which is why. I'm not overly fussed about us playing a four a four four two or a four two four as long as that one extra player that is in the attacking end, Marcondes again in this instance, 
is is able to fill into that hole and, and give them the support. But like you said, the frustration has been in recent weeks, both of them have been dropping deep, not one of them, and then the other one's not been filling the space. And now we're starting to maybe see some positive spells throughout matches. Listen, when we're poor, we're absolutely honking as we were at the weekend. But and I want to see a 90-minute performance under a Nick Montgomery side, but I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. We saw a 20-minute one. We didn't capitalise on chances that we had. And then we went into a slump until maybe the last half an hour-ish. Listen, this is a... An... It's frustrating, and we have seen the frustrating side, but let's look at the positives. The players that we have brought in again, I'll touch on it again, look like they are made more for this system. Uh, I mean, Marcondes is, is the standout, really. But you, you look at um, Molida, I thought Molida played really well when he came on. He is uh, he's a player who obviously has decent pedigree and is not just here to make up the numbers and sit on the bench. He's here to come on and start, make a difference. Uh, you know, you look at the other players that we brought in, uh, the young boy from from Bournemouth, Mariah Welsh, looks like he's going to be that replacement for Jago, so that's maybe a more defensive-minded uh, central midfielder. Looks like a, an all-action, all-energy. Bournemouth fans spewing that it was permanent as well. I know we'll have the link with Bournemouth, so it won't really make any difference, but when it, when the news broke, the Bournemouth fans were human that, really? it was, that, that it was permanent. So I don't know if you can read into that too much because Leeds fans were spewing that Noah Kenny was, you know, left on a permanent and, and look yeah. how that's turned out. So we'll have, to, we'll have to see. But I do completely agree. The two centre midfielders that were brought in, 100%, will improve our midfield and uh, potentially without seeing the latter in, in, in the flesh, they both have the pedigree to replace who's currently already there. So time will tell, obviously, but Nick Montgomery said that we're only going to bring players in that will improve the starting 11. Uh-huh. So therefore, you can only assume, considering um, Mazzani and, and Mark Ondes are both clear upgrades in what we've got, you can only assume that the other two in the centre of the park are an improvement on our starting eleven, and it, it looks it looks like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, heart back to to exactly what he said, and you're thinking when when a manager says that, I right, here we go. It'll be loans from, uh, you know, lower league, Premier League, or high end Championship that will come in and kind of just push the boys who are already starting. But no, it's it seems like we are really flexing our muscles with with this window and it's uh, hopefully going to pay off. It's certainly play, paid off so far with, with Mark Ondes. I mean, I don't actually know how, how much time we're, we're going to be able to spend talking about him. But um, I could talk the whole episode, as everyone could probably tell already. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah, no, he's, he's magic. He's magic. But again, let's get back to the game. They're setting goal, Sean. I just want you to talk me through it. Listen, I said this when I said this when in the group chat when Megua was uh, announced to start against Rangers, he could he could go on and give away two penalties and get sent off, and I would still back him to the hill, <laughs> and and I'll still I'll still do the same. Um, after the after the weekend's performance, he wasn't the greatest. Don't get me wrong, I love him to bits. Absolutely tremendous young player, 
bags and bags of ability and bags and bags of potential. It's just at the moment a little bit of rawness to to this level. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge believer that the SPFL should should increase its top flight um, size, and at the moment you would you could argue that the Airdrie would would make it into that. So if it was a, a bigger league, he would he would be used to playing against these these types of individuals and these types of players. Yeah, he's came up against two That's very strong good. players, um, and obviously the wingers at, at Rangers and and now at Killy. So listen, I'll back him to the hill. Time will tell. I think Rory Whitaker was maybe a little, weirdly, I would say, a little safer, but that's probably because he's had more exposure to this level in these types of games. Yeah. And I think Hibs fans just need to be very, very wary because if, as Craig or you touched on last week's episode, um, every single person within the Hibs setup, managers, coaches, players, have said that he's the next one that could that could go and be big. And I, I trust their judgment more than the fans that would like to say otherwise on, on Twitter. He has a lapse in concentration, whether that's because David Marshall is maybe coming for it and then isn't he coming for it. Should we have potentially stopped the cross? Of course we should have, but we didn't. Should we have communicated it better in our backline and had a better backline? Yes, we should have. Just a catalogue of errors, and that seems to be a common theme for us at the back. It was it was pretty pathetic, really, wasn't it? I mean, it seems like such a Hibs goal to concede, mate. That's... Soft just, as shit. Just annoying. Exactly, soft as shit. And it's it's been the the story of the season and even the story of last season as well. But it's uh, heat scratching stuff, really, to be honest, isn't it? But um, before we, we touch on our goals, because I, I just want to kind of um, breeze past these goals and not go into them in too much depth, but something that was a, a wee bit controversial at the weekend was Kelly's red card. Obviously, um, chopped on uh, by VAR. Finally, we're, we're getting a wee bit of a decision um, with VAR, but there has been a lot of debate, even on sports scene. You know, you saw Neil McCann and, and James McFadden talking uh, and disagreeing about uh, what the decision should have been. For me, it's a red. Uh, he, he lunges in, he's got two feet off the ground, he's out of control, it's reckless. So under the current rules, it's a red. But I don't think that that should be the rules. What do you think? It's incredibly, incredibly harsh. <laughs> so um, I'm on the other side of the fence to you. I get that out of control to an extent. Um, Both his feet are off the ground, that was what James McFadden was saying. I just feel like the the current rules say yes, it, it's the correct decision, um, and I'm absolutely delighted that he got sent off, um, <laughs> and he should get a six game ban for it. If I'm honest, it was that bad a challenge. That's obviously because it it, it was it was working in our favour. The I just if that happens to us, I'm fuming naturally. Like like you would be with any any player getting sent off for you, for your team, um current rule set like you said it, it does tick all the boxes, but I just feel like, and I'm not comparing this to like, the, 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 the the goal that I'm not comparing this to the goal that we conceded in regards to like because you mentioned about potentially being a foul but, like for me, that's not a red that's just not a red card and I'm not having it 
Um, I know Craig says it's a certain red and you've said it's a red and I get it and I understand the, the rationale for it. And like I said, current rule set it is. I just don't think it should be. File it under games gone. Shite, aye. Uh, it's, uh, it's only games gone if, if it's one of our players getting sent off though. It only, uh, <laughs> exactly. but it, it only like pre-VAR that that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been a red. Pre pre-VAR it would be one of those where an orange players would run right and in, right into the ref's face and be screaming for it, and the ref would have it's his a, yellow card. Yeah. He'd have the yellow card out straight away to try to assert order and be like, "That's it. I've made my decision. Deal with it." Like one of those, you know, one of those where the ref gets a card out early doors, but doesn't he wave it? <laughs> And all the players around them, it's one of those where he's like, ref's like, ah, he's like, oh, got my yellow card already. Move on, boys, move on. That, that's what that's that's what would have happened pre-VAR. <laughs> but thankfully, in this instance, it was a red card. And like I said, not even a six-game ban, give him a six-month ban. Yeah, absolutely. It was a disgusting challenge and, you know, he should be... Could have killed him. He could have killed him. He <laughs> could have been killed. Um, moving on, a wee, something a wee bit more positive than that. Um, the fight back. Does the squad still have character? Only the second time in four years we've came for two goals down to get a result, right? When was the last time? I think it was under fucking probably Monty as well. Um, I don't know. I only know it because Monty said it in his post-match interview, so he oh, could have been he? waffling. He could have been waffling. Oh, was it not um, Dundee United at home where Kevin Nisbet scored twice? Oh, last season? Yeah. Yeah, I had left before Kevin Nisbet scored that second goal. That was a terrible, terrible... Horrible. Terrible evening. I was drenched that game. Um, yeah, second, only the second time in in four years that we've came for two goals down to get a result. So, listen, we we fight on and, and go on and on and on about Hibs being bottle jobs and and stuff like that as well. And I'm not saying we're bottle jobs because obviously we were two 0 down and we brought it back to two 0 But we are soft as shite and traditionally we have been soft as shite for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. like my whole my whole lifetime. But that like, goes back to the point that you. Craig were talking about last week I think if we improve the quality player, we improve the quality of standards, and if we can improve the quality standards, we improve the quality of character in the side, and if we can do that, we'll be less soft as shite, we'll be a, we'll be a hard shite. We'll be a Champions League level team. Brick hard number two that you've been brewing all day <laughs> and it's a huge, huge log, and it can never be broken. That's that's what oh. will be. Whereas at the moment, we're just diarrhea. Been knobbly bits all over it, sweet corn running through it, and all that. Looks like it should be belong on a planet. Mhm. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. I, that's exactly how I'd imagine. That sound good. It does sound good to you, right? <laughs> okay. Um, two great goals, really. Um, the Joe Neal one is an absolute zinger, a zing ping chicken wing. Uh, brilliant finish with his right foot as well um, and it kind of sparks sparks the comeback and uh, then uh, I, see I can never I don't really know how to pronounce his first name I feel bad calling him Mazzani because he's got yeah is it Mazzani 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 on the back of his shirt really good goal from him uh, great ball from I think it was Dylan Levitt was it yeah, that's what I was touching on earlier on. We can go long when we need to. And, exactly. And it works. And it works. Uh, obviously, Mazzani twist and turn and getting his shot away. I don't, I don't know. Does it take a deflection, do you think? I'm not sure. It definitely moves. Whether it takes a slight nick, I'm unsure. Keeper 
if that if that's uh if that's David Marshall, I'm fuming because it's mm-hmm. right down the middle and it should be saved. But listen, it's outside the box, so it's an absolute world day goal of the season for me. <laughs> Do you think it's a bit of a springboard for him after the the sort of stick that he took after the Rangers game? Yeah. I think so, and he dishes out Instagram highlight reels as well, so I'm all oh, for it. Right. So I cannot wait to have him on one side, or him one side, Fenty through the middle, Elian on the other, Marconde through the middle. Yeah. That's that's tasty. Lovely stuff. Um, so we'll wrap up with the, with the Kelly game. We'll move on to Saturday, and we've got St. Mirren at home, so the the games aren't letting up. They're not getting much easier. It's going to be a, a tough, tough game, like we touched on earlier. St. Mirren uh, are in fifth, we're in sixth. If we can beat them on Saturday, we can go above them. Um, I think we need to beat them by two goals to go above them. But uh, we can go above them, which is, again, a positive. Uh, if we can make inroads into that top six, the sooner we do that, the better. Um, and like I said, we we actually do have a game in hand over St Mirren. Um, St Mirren, Kilmarnock and Hearts, we've got a game in hand over. We've also got a game in hand over Celtic, but I don't think that's going to mean an awful lot come the end of the season. Um, we're looking ahead to that one, Sean. What are you thinking early early on? What are you thinking? Um... I have absolutely no God-given right to say this, but comfy Hibs one. Comfy Hibs one. More, more. What more a half, I just half decent record against them at home. We do, we do. I've just <clears throat> listen. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a happy clapper, and anyone that knows me knows that I'm most certainly not from like I'm just not cut for that cloth. So we we are cooking. I think, like I said, <laughs> defensively. We've got a lot to do and we've got a lot to, to make up for. Um but more more time spent on the on the training field, more time in the door for the new sign ins. Monty did say before the Rangers game that the three or four players that were brought in, four now, will all take a good couple of weeks to get up to speed and all need match match fitness as well. So um very similar to the opposition against Kilmarnock. We have better opposition. We are we are the better or stronger opposition. We have better individuals and we have a better squad. We just need to be able to gel that together and apply that oh, yeah. for a longer period of time within a 90-minute match. Um, and like I said, I've already touched on what potentially the front four could be. And if that's not exciting you, then you know what I mean? not much will in a hip shot, especially at the moment. I would like to see Amos start as well. Yes. It would be brilliant if we could get him involved for the start. He looks he looks like a a great piece of business. Um so hopefully he can get involved as well because he is that box to box player that, that could really make a difference in that midfield, yeah. both defensively and attackingly. But again, we just need to be better on the defensive. Absolutely. Does it become a must win because of who we're playing and how tight it is at the moment? Does it, yeah. I'll yeah. ask this, does it become a must-win because we need the points to climb up in the table or because Aberdeen and Dundee are hot on our tails? It's a must-win because I say it's a must-win, Liam. It's as simple yeah. as that. Simple as that. No, the, to get to the point what I made earlier on, like I, I now just feel like we're in the realms of every game is, is literally a must-win. If we want to achieve... 16 Cup Finals. Uh, exactly, exactly. 
um, which means the Hibs fans won't turn up because you know in cup finals we just don't play, don't play well. So why would we turn up? So yeah, we're in the realms of must win for me for if not all the remaining matches of the season. If we want to stand any chance of being able to build on what Monty is trying to do and have a successful summer and move into next season as a success. I'm not here to write off the season. There's loads and loads of points left to play for. This time last season, Hearts were comfy in third and Aberdeen were in like eighth or ninth where they find themselves again. And Aberdeen went on this mystical run where they ended up finishing third and Hearts had a collapse. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying we're going to finish third, but what if by some weird instance that Shanklin gets injured or he leaves. Hearts aren't going to be firing on all cylinders. Do you know what I mean? We have we have a great opportunity if we can gel these quality players together to to make a right good run at it. It's just defensively that we need to be sharper and need to be better at. For sure. Uh, and a couple of last points before we move on to the listener questions. We've obviously only got a couple of days now left of the window. Is there anyone in particular that you would like to see us bring in? And could you give us a rating, please, of the window? Um, I was speaking to one of my mates about transfer targets and talking about them on the pod. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a name, Liam. I'll give you a rating because I love, I love a rating. Hurry up, give me a rating. But I, I won't, I won't give you a name because. I feel like in today's game, there's no point in us sitting here and going, oh, yeah, let's go and sign Jason Kerr. Let's go and sign fucking Fitzwater. Let's go and sign this boy. Let's go and, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Hibs as a club are clearly aiming higher. Obviously, Jason Kerr is a tremendous player. I'm not saying we shouldn't be aiming for somebody like that. But I'm just saying, if you look at all the names that people have said, at the beginning of the window, we should be going for this person, we should be going for that person. Every single player we brought in is far superior to any player that you saw Hibs Twitter talk about and individuals talk about. So I'm happy to just let Dermot Gallagher... Dermot Gallagher? Dermot Gallagher. What's his name again? Ryan McDermott. Do you know what? I said that, right? I said that, and you could see the the clocks turning in my head. Dermot Gallagher's the referee for Sky He is, isn't he? What's the boy's name again? I've had a mind blank. Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott. How have I how have I mixed those two together? Uh, well, the we could do with we could do with Dermot Gallagher at Hibs as well. <laughs> Maybe do a job at centre <laughs> half. Anyway, Brian McDermott. Jesus Christ, that is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, anyway, if we let him do his work in, in regards to what he's doing, we're clearly aiming for a higher caliber, better like um, player. That's really threw me off now. Jesus. And it, it's is, clear to see that we've. We've obviously got a wee bit of pulling power as well. Um, you know, I don't think that a year or two years ago we would have been able to... I mean, I think probably a lot of it's going to have to go down to the, the Bill Foley investment, but we wouldn't have been able to attract players like Molida and Marcondes and probably even Amos to an extent. No. Um, so the fact that, that we, are, we are looking ambitious, we are trying to be, uh, you know a little bit more frivolous and ambitious in, in the transfer market is very, very promising. It's very exciting. Um, that's that's probably the main thing, but no, I mean... If, yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you've totally... I'd love Jason Kerr at Hibs, but I, yeah. can't, I really can't see it. 
I'm glad you've jumped in and saved me there. You made me feel a wee bit better. But you're right. We're aiming for a better, a higher quality player in comparison to what Hibs Twitter will tell you. So um, I'm happy to let the club do what they're, they're trying to do. Um, and they've got my full faith based on the signings that they've made so far this window. Yeah. If we if we if we do sign this defender for Bournemouth, which we probably will, but it'll probably be like a deadline day one because we'll probably be trying to get one in permanent as well. Yeah. If we sign him on paper, you are you're you're literally talking like an, an eight and a half, maybe a nine. The only reason we've maybe not pushing a ten is because we've not maybe replaced a, a high quality goalkeeper, which we yeah. obviously want. Um. Whereas at the moment you're probably talking a high seven, maybe even an eight, an eight already. So I mean, just having a wee look at um, this boy from Bournemouth, Owen Bevan, uh, Welsh yeah. centre half, six foot one, was out on loan at Cheltenham Town for the start of this season, made 13 appearances, capped by Wales at um, 17s, 19s, and 21s, made one appearance for Bournemouth. And he's also played for Truro City and Yeovil Town on loan. So it's it doesn't. Do you know what that doesn't, doesn't make for, for reading, doesn't make for great reading. No, doesn't you really. We've had players that have come from. Uh, I don't want to say come from or had worse careers today, but like not had as glamorous careers today, and have done a real good job for us. So I mean, look at Will Fish for example. You know, um, he's only spent a little bit of time at Stockport, and he's he's come in and you know for. For the vast majority of the time, he's pretty Rolls Royce. You know, he's still got a mistake or two in him, but I think he's. Uh, we're a he better. Just needs to grow up and be a better defender, in my opinion. Eh? Just needs to grow up and be a better defender and defend properly. Oh, I'm getting yeah. sick of it. Fair but enough. no, you're right. You're right. He, he is at times a, a great defender, but listen, all great defenders make mistakes. Ryan Porteous continually made mistakes for us, so you're right. Yeah. I mean, one that's a, um, obviously just one of the names that we're seeing floating about and I, I wouldn't be surprised you know with a link now to Bournemouth that, to see him come in so uh, we should be prepared for that but I would like a permanent signing as well or yeah. at least the you know a first dibs uh, you know an optional an optional buy clause so I don't the thing think is my one of my mates made a great point in, in the group chat like a couple of years ago if you told us that we were getting a couple of loans in the January window from Bournemouth, we'd be like, oh, fucking hell, man. That's... Yeah. We'd be expecting to get sent shite. But because mm. of this link, you automatically think, well, they're not going to send us shite. They're going to send well, us good quality we're, players. We're now looking was, at everyone that Bournemouth is looking at. You're seeing the, the things come up on Sky Sports and you're like, Bournemouth interested in... We're like, oh, we'll be getting this boy on loan. <laughs> so like that that that's that's the thing like now that we've got this unofficial link hopefully soon to be official link it could work in our favour where they're not going to send us players that are going to make us worse they're not going to send us players that are ultimately they're coming here to improve and, and get get yeah, minutes yeah. under their belt but Man, to send us players who aren't going to make an impact they are right. with this multi club um scheme this multi club pyramid whatever you want to call it it's you know, it's designed for all the clubs inside that group to have success. You look at the city group, you know, you get Melbourne City, who are obviously doing bits over uh, over in Australia, uh, Girona, who are doing really well in the Liga, and obviously Man City, who are, you know, just love just love trophies. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm getting positive vibes from this transfer window. 
which is you know probably the one of the only positive things that has, <laughs> that's happened uh, has for a long time. But yeah, let's move on to the questions then. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Okay, so we put the tweet up on Saturday evening. We don't actually have a watch for dinner tweet from John. But we I'm do going on to Instagram. John? We, we do. We, we have one for John on Instagram. It came through, through there instead. Oh, really? Oh, well, let me have a look on Instagram. I was just looking at Twitter there. My most humble apologies, John. I really didn't think that you'd sent one in. Uh, truffle, truffle and bacon linguine is what I had, and then for dessert I had some pancakes as well, and it, they went down an absolute treat. Well, I've not had my dinner yet, but I was speaking to you off air, and I got one of the the pizzas from Lidl that are, that are in like the rectangular box, and they're like oval shaped, and it's got indusia and peppers and mushrooms, salami on it so I am looking forward to firing that in the oven and having that with uh, with a big garlic dip um, so I'm absolutely fucking starving to be honest lad. but um, <clears throat> when we put the tweet out I mentioned in the tweet two points dropped or one point gained Keith Robertson has said could be either we're still the architects of our own failure Poor goals conceded, could have lost that game, but also should have taken full advantage of the extra player. Something that we didn't touch on, Sean, was the Christian Deutsch miss um, towards hmm. the end, which is uh, a bit of a sitter. A bit. Yeah, a bit of a sitter. Um, Keith then goes on to say, until that peach from Newell, the team looked like packing it in. Uh, Mazzani also made the difference when he comes on. I don't think there's an awful lot that you can disagree with there. No. Completely agree with everything that's been said, and we've been like that for a for a good while now, which we've which we've already touched on. Yeah, just kind of like you said, soft as shite, soft as a wet sponge. Kevin Wilson says coming back from two 0 down against Kilmarnock isn't impressive. Uh, Monty will find himself out of a job soon if he continues with the shape. I've got to disagree, and saying that I think coming back from two 0 down against Kilmarnock away from home where they're very, very good, they're very, very compact. Probably historically, as a result, isn't impressive, but the way that they're going this season, the way that we're going this season, I think Monty probably would be fairly chuffed with the character that, that the side have shown to get back into that game. On to the Monty will find himself out of a job soon if he continues with the shape. You can sense that the, some of the fans are starting to turn. I mean... Rightly or wrongly, everyone's got got an opinion. Everyone's entitled to one. I don't think that we really should be looking or thinking or even thinking about thinking about um, changing manager at this at this time. But you know, some people some people do think that, and you know, fair enough. Think that clearly Monty needs more of his own players, Sean. But I don't think we'll see. Uh, I don't think we'll see Nick Montgomery out of a job anytime soon. Will be you? Um, no, I would just insert the Jose Mourinho gif here. That's... I prefer not to speak. Yeah. Uh, Gav Dick 
has got in touch and he said, didn't catch a game today. Good to come back from two down. Should we drop Yuan and Jair? Heard they were pretty crap. Well, first of all, Gav, um, your grammar and your spelling's looking good. That um, <laughs> that journalism job might not be too far away. Uh, Yuan and Jair, I've, I've heard a lot uh, about them over the last couple of days from the weekend and I do think that maybe it is time to switch up a bit, Sean, and maybe go with uh, Mazzani from the start or, you know, try something else. Doesn't seem like Yuan is getting a lot of joy. We've seen with with some players through the years that, you know, when they've been dropped or benched or whatever, it's kind of given them a little bit of a kick up the arse and they've come back stronger. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's just it's a it's a must win game on Saturday. That's and you want your best players in the park. Yeah, prior to this window, our most technically gifted player is is Eli Yuan, and we should be doing all we can to get our best players on the pitch for the longest period of time possible. I think Eli Yuan playing out on the right with Megwell behind them and Whitaker behind them at the moment is maybe not helping him. I know Eli Yuan does absolutely nothing defensively anyway, and and that's yeah, where a lot of the criticism comes from. Yuan, but yeah, and I don't think it is. Um, however, I think he is suited when, like, you've got you know Lewis Miller bombing on and assisting him down that side. Um, we yeah. saw Eli Yuan have a lot of success early on in the season when Jordan Abita was bombing forward, and we've maybe seen Jordan Abita maybe not bomb as far forward in recent games. Um, again, maybe due to tactical decisions and and stuff like that. And I think when Eli Yuan's got a fullback up and up beside them. It makes him a little bit better, whether it frees him up a little bit, protection. or whether he can link in with them as well. So, forward. But I think Jair should be dropped. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, NZ Hibbs, which I'm assuming is New Zealand Hibbs, says, Marconde is for captain. Did you see him organising the team and playing out of his skin? Not the result we needed against Kelly, but we're getting there. Top notch, and no, he's not here for long, but he has a drive that a lot of his teammates could learn from. Defence next, please. Again, I think, showing your high football IQ, echoing everything that we've said so far uh, this episode, you know, I, I don't think um, anyone can really disagree with that. I mean, the impact that he's brought in, in the couple of games that he's, he's been involved in is, is clear for all to see, and I'm really looking forward to watching him again on Saturday. Yeah, don't need to have the armband to be a leader. So No, this is it. Uh, Jake says, obviously 2-0 down and looking totally lost. A draw is like a win today. Thought the red was harsh, but hey-ho. Thought we would have went on to win at the end uh, when the new signings jail will be okay. I think that is uh, a pretty diplomatic take, to be honest. And I think sometimes you just kind of need to take a step back and realise we are not in trouble. Of no. going down. We're not, I mean, we may not finish in the top six if we don't book up our ideas soon, but the players that we've got, the caliber of player that we've got, when they click, we'll, we will be fine. And hopefully, like you said, we'll go on a good run that, that you know, mimics Aberdeen of last season and, and we managed to finish up in, in one of those European spots. You know, the hope is there for us. Whether it will happen remains to be seen, but us and as, as Hibs fans, we are nothing but uh, optimistic, okay, Sean? Correct. Correct. <laughs> and uh, just to 
round us off the last couple of ones from Twitter. Graham Whiteman says that's one point gained. Um, we've got a message from Albert Street, and he says, anyone know, any, sorry, anyone, any idea how much sell-on money we're getting for Doig's transfer? And from what I saw, I think it was just a little more than a million pounds, Sean. I don't know if you can shed any more light on that. I think the... I think it's total like the percentage is like I think it's like twenty three point eight percent sell on or whatever. I don't know if it works out as anywhere near as much as a million though, but we're definitely getting cash for it. And I think like I said, I think the percentage. I don't know if the percentage is sell on on the profit or if it's just sell on. Regardless. I think it's just sell on regular sell on because I seen about a million pound going around it. What did they end up going for? Was it five and a half, six million or something to yeah. Sasswolo? So, yeah. Really. Yeah. I, listen, if it's anywhere near that, then fantastic. I, hey, I, know, the, I, know, I know the percentages is between 20 and 30. I don't know the end and outs of it. I just know who's are in the money. You look at, um, if you if you speak to us on, on New Year's Day, say, listen, Melkerson's going to go make you a million quid. And Doig is going to go and make you a million quid. You're laughing because that's two million that you've brought in. And Doig is, doesn't even play for us anymore. Melkerson's not played for us for a year. So, I mean, that's it's free money. We're not really. It, it will fund. It'll fund the uh, Ben Kenzel statue outside the East Stand. That's for sure. Yeah. For all his good business. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Moving on to our last question from Twitter, it's from uh, Mr. Colin McLennan, and he has said, Dodge's miss at the death was criminal, and we should have had three points. Will the new recruits make the difference, or will it be same old Hibs? And does the Cup give us the best opportunity to get into Europe next season? Potentially does, you know. It potentially does. Um, you need to th- win This, it, this team is given real Cup vibes. I know the forfeit performance is is nothing to go by, but if you look at the signings that we're making and the way that we're playing, it's given real like strong cup memory vibes. Yeah. And I feel I feel like after after we beat Inverness, we're going to get another away tie, and we're going to take about three and a half thousand or something yeah. like that. Ridiculous, and it, it's going to be scenes. Not that I know if there's any other SPFL sides that have would allow us to have three and a half thousand, but I feel like when we beat Inverness, it's going to be another big tie. It's going to be another away game, and it's going to be on. It's going to be similar to like Kelly back in 2013 or whatever it was, or, or Motherwell the other year. There, it's going to have those vibes to it. Oh, I love I love an away quarter, man. I love an away quarter, and so does Mark. Mark really does love an away quarter. Who? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, we are going to jump on to the last few questions, and they are from Instagram. Oh, yeah, exactly. John did say what's for dinner. I'm so sorry, John. Um, Here's one from Callum McEwen, and it's kind of come out of the blue, to be honest, because we've not seen Rocky for a wee while, but it's why the Hibs fans hate Rocky so much. I mean, I didn't mind the first couple of films, but, you know, it got a little bit boring (laughs) to us. (laughs) I think because he's unorthodox and very, very raw, I think that's part. That's probably the best way for me to answer it. Without he hated Rocky at the, in the first half of the season. I mean, they were going, "Oh, Rocky's been, Rocky's been, you know, one of our best players." 
and it's turned so quickly. I just think that, you know, fans have got, I mean, everyone's the same. I'm exactly the same. Everyone's got a preconception of players in their mind, don't they? And then as soon as, you know, they like to, they like to be proved wrong or they say they like to be proved wrong. And then whenever it starts to go towards what they thought again, you know, the, the first pe- first people to jump on it. And, you know, all fans have got preconceptions of players, not just Hibs fans, Hearts fans, Aberdeen fans, Rangers, Celtic, Man United, whoever it is, have got, um, you know, these opinions of players. And I think Rocky is a big, big scapegoat for this squad. Um, it's a shame because he's so young and I think there is a player in there. But, you know, now that Bill Foley's come in, do we need to be looking levels above Rocky? Probably yes. Will he do for now? Also yes. So I think we just kind of need to back on while he's here and then see what happens. You should want any Hibs player to do well. So Exactly, exactly. Um, JD Donaldson asks, what are your thoughts on the players signed slash loaned this January? Well, according to me, I've, I've signed Brian McDermott as well, so... I'm delighted with that window. Dermot Gallagher. Dermot Gallagher. Got it wrong again. Dermot, I'm getting what 50. I was 50% correct there. Um, Dermot Gallagher. Yes. Yeah. I'm delighted. I'm delighted at the signing. <laughs> Wouldn't you mind it? Wouldn't you mind it? And finally, just to wrap us up, we've got a big long question again from Nige. And he says, Hello, Ramblers. To be honest, we should be 17 points behind the hearts and sitting in seventh right now. No doubt the sending off changed the game. I thought we were poor once again. We looked disjointed, uninterested in our ideas. Can't really argue. Uh, a Hibs team with the quality we we have should not be waiting until the 66th minute to get going. Monty will feel he played the get-out-of-jail card. Malida and Emiliano have quality and made a real difference today. Meg will take time to adapt to the top flight and is learning, uh, learning the hard way. Let's not forget Porto had some shockers along the way, exactly what you said, uh, Sean. We desperately need to focus on building a strong defence, especially when our manager believes that 4-4-2 and playing out from the back is the way to go. An unconvincing point is better than three dropped. I don't think there's an awful lot you can disagree with there. Um, I don't think we, we wait until the 66th minute to get going. No, I, I feel like we can... Uh, we that start, middle middle part either side of half time that we yeah we we start we started brightly, but maybe from twenty one to sixty five we were we were a bit poor, um, but yeah listen, I think the bottom line, an unconvincing point is better than than none, absolutely, uh, you know if you're a Kilmarnock fan you are probably fuming, foaming at the mouth that that they've not won that game so, listen. Take the point, get back down the road, focus on Saturday. Or up the road. Or up the road, depending on where you live. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that uh, wraps us up for episode 76. Thanks for joining me for the last hour or so, Sean. Really appreciated the chat. Not a problem. All the better for seeing your face. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get away. I'm going to have my dinner and I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy with my wife. Oh, what are you going to do? It's the nicest thing you've ever called her. <laughs> she loves Grey's Anatomy. I like to just, uh, I like to humour her by letting her put on the big telly. Before she ah, the big telly, right, okay. <laughs> Liam's telly. Aye.
<laughs> she says, just sitting there, she goes, lucky me. Absolutely right, lucky well, me. Wow, what a catch you are. What a catch. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, absolutely hee-haw, mate. Hee-haw. I knew we'd be at this for a wee bit since I hadn't been on in a while, so I got everything done and dusted before I came on. Oh, so absolutely good. nothing to do. Top man. Well, again, thanks for listening. If you got this far, um, if you want to be you know, involved in future episodes, just reach out to at the Hibs Ramble on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Reach out to us any way you want. Um, send us questions after games and stuff and we will get them read out. Um, again, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining me, Sean. And we will catch you after St. Menon on Saturday. Catch you. Bye. Bye. Let's get ready to rumble.